thank you for joining me for Sermon of the Week. Coming to you from Studio B, housed inside that miraculous establishment. The Midwest Healing Center, Lake of the Ozarks. 728 North Main Street, Lauren, Missouri. Sermon of the Week is brought to you by the New Old School Podcast and Church at the MHC. Join me today as we revisit our Sunday morning service, September 12th, 2021. Today's Sermon of the Week is called A Divine Discomfort. I just want to talk to you for a little bit, which this is a, I already know the answer, but I'll ask the question anyway. Has anybody been feeling anxious lately? Now, we know the Bible says don't be, but... You've been feeling that way, just there, there's been some anxious, you know, things, uh, like something is restless inside, can't really put my finger on it, but you know, every year when we get around 9-11, people get a little anxious anyway, just in the natural, just because of, of, of some things that had happened before, but have you just felt like, I'm not really settled, right, I'm not settled, I, I don't know what is going on here, but I've just not been able to get in, like, to me, I always say it this way, I don't feel like I can get into my groove, I can't get into my groove. Like something is very unsettling right now, uh, you know, because, and here's the thing, I want to address this this morning, because if we leave that left undone, we will automatically assume the worst. When we feel anxious just naturally, we automatically assume the worst. Something bad's coming. Something bad is going to happen. Something that I'm not seeing is bad and it's taking place and I'm anxious and it's causing me to feel this way. And I don't, uh, I don't really necessarily think that it has to be bad. Uh, again, I've heard a lot of people lately talking about it. I just feel like something bad is coming because of this feeling that I have. Something bad is coming. And uh, I, I think that God is speaking to us in this hour and we need to be very aware of some things in the body of Christ right now. Because you've heard me say this before, we as believers, you understand, we were never born to stay at one level of glory. We were never born to stay at one level of faith. And so sometimes what happens is, is we get stuck in a rut where we try to live off of yesterday's glory and yesterday's faith. And it, you can become very anxious in that season. You, you can become very disturbed because what once worked and it was amazing and it was biblical and God was in it isn't working today, yet he says he's the God that changes not. He doesn't change, but seasons do. And guess what else changes? You change. And so it's not that he changes, but it's that we're changing. Nobody likes change. We go to the hot springs, the cold springs, the in-between springs. We paint it on. We suck it out. We put it back in. What, we don't like changes. And the church overall hates change. The world's changing at an alarming rate, but the church hates change. I mean, ask Johnny Lee where he sits every week. But am I right? Oh, don't just look at him. The rest of you too. That's my seat. But we don't like change. Hey, I don't like it when my little world gets messed up in here. I want the video to go right. I want things, you know, I want the, you know. We just don't like change. And that's just on the basic level. Now let's talk some deep spiritual change. And boy, that's a whole other deal. Because change freaks our flesh out. Why? Because I want to be in control. Let me tell you, if you have gone long enough in your Christianity that you're in control of something, you have a problem. Amen. Amen. You get what I'm saying? If I've gone long enough where I can do it, that's a problem. That's a problem. Because I will fail at some point. Something will come along that I can't handle. On any given day, it could be some, anything. Anything could set you off. You just, wait, you just have a weird dream and wake up. It can set you off. I don't want to be in control of any of it. But we get stuck in a place in our seasons in our lives, and, and so I, I just want to submit this. It can cause anxiety and stress and always the fear of the unknown. We don't like the fear of the unknown. We don't like that. And how many of you, God doesn't always show you the whole thing. He doesn't always show you the whole picture. Well, that causes a little bit of anxiety in us because then we always say, well, how's that going to happen? He'll give you a glimpse of something bigger and something better, and you're like, well, how in the world is that ever going to happen? Right? And we get anxious because we want to help him. We want to get out there. We want to make things happen. And God will start to show you some of these things. Has God shown any of you something that's bigger than where you're at right now? 
I mean, he'll show you. He was showing Lois the whole time. You're going to stand up and testify about your healing in the middle of a chemo treatment, right? I mean, but she saw that. But she had those days where she had to stop and say, man, but that's not the doctor's report. How's that going to happen? How's that going to happen? You've been there. How is that going to happen? God, how are we going to pull that off when I'm going through this in my life right now where it seems like all hell is breaking loose? How's that ever going to happen? And so we hold on to yesterday's things that I believe, you know, they brought us comfort at that time, no doubt. And God answered in a certain way, no doubt. But we begin to box him into those methods where we think he's got to do it that way again. And he's already so far out there past that. It's going to be even better than that. And so, you know, it always brought us comfort. But what happens when God is ready to move you? So I want to address this today because I don't want us to mistake what it is that I really believe that God is doing in this hour. And so I was looking into this. Gonsets have some eagles that live in the back of their cove. Uh, I've been over there a few times to see them while they were out, but they have some eagles that live in the back of their cove. And they build their nest back there. Every year they have a nest and they kind of move it around. But they, overall, they kind of fly this pattern right there by Gonsets. And they, you know, have you ever seen an eagle nest? Oh my goodness, what, what an amazing thing that an animal could, a bird could put that together. It's, a, it's an amazing thing to see. So we talk about them often, but what about eagles? You know, eagles were born with some things. And so what I mean by that this morning is that there's some things that you can learn, but there's some things that you're born with. There's some things that you are born with, friends. And uh, you just got it. And so I believe today that we just got us something, right? I really believe that. I believe that the atmosphere of expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. How many people need a miracle in their life? How many people know somebody that needs a miracle in their life? Glory to God. And so, listen, God is still in the healing, a miracle, and deliverance business. And guess what? Business is real good. I don't care what the world is saying. I don't want to know what they're saying. May I recommend to you, you can click off or mute. Or do this with your phone. Scroll right on past without getting engaged in something stupid that means nothing that will waste your time and suck the life out of you. We don't need to do that. We don't have to do those things. But God's still holding your future in his hands, friends. And our Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is, after all, the God of the eternal present tense. He's not the great I was. He's not the great I'm going to be. He is right now your great I am. And so whatever it is that you need today, he's still right there, great I am. And because he is, we are, the Bible says. Did you catch that? Because he is, we are. That's an amazing statement. To say that he is, we are. And I love it that, you know, he he told his servant Moses, you go tell the enemy that I am sent me. He knew what that meant. He knew what that meant. I think your enemy needs to hear that again. Sickness needs to hear what the I am is saying. Your current situation needs to hear from you again. He said, you go tell him. Man, we got to start talking to some stuff in our lives again. Not about it, to it. Not about it, to it. We got to start telling him, no, the I am said. The I am said. Why are we waiting on the enemy to come to me, right? Come on, listen, we got to be sent to him. One man, one woman wrecking crew, right? Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Destroy. Jesus came on a seek and destroy mission. He didn't sit around and wait. He'd go find them. He'd go stir them up. He'd go get them. And so we've got to start going out. I am no longer the hunted. I am the hunter. Come on, I'm not sitting around waiting to get picked off. I'm coming for you, devil. I'm coming for you, devil. Right? I always say this. I'm perilous times, perilous times. You want to show up at my door, you best be ready. Because I'm not here alone, glory to God. The greater one lives on the inside of me. What could man do to me? Well, not a single thing, glory to God. But you have to start believing that, and you got to start speaking that, right? So stop scrounging in the dirt, right? Guys, we don't have to settle for the crumbs anymore. Do you understand that? He sets a table for you in the presence of his enemy. He's right there in the presence of your enemy when all hell's coming down. And what am I going to do? He says, well, sit down and feast. Why? Because he's at that table, and he says, look at me. Don't look at the enemy. Stop looking over your shoulder. Stop worrying about Pharaoh's horse breathing on your neck. I've already got, I've made a way where there wasn't a way. I don't see a way out. That's all right. It says there was a hiding of God's power in that story, right? The, the, there's the, you know, the sea in front of them and the mountains and the wilderness and Pharaoh's horses behind them. And it says there was a hiding of God's power, meaning you just ain't seen nothing yet. It's not that he was keeping it back. It was just that you don't even know the things that you don't know, but I know. Because he is the I am, and the moment you need him, he is going to be right there. 
But we have some things that we're already born into. You understand that? You understand you're already the head and not the tail. Now, that's not coming. That's you right now. These are some right now things, right? You're the first and not the last. You're a king and a priest. You're above and not beneath. You're blessed coming and you're blessed going. You can't get away from the blessing. Some of you have tried in that season to run and to do some things, but how many of you have been blessed by God? So you can't get away from the blessing. These are right now present tense realities right now at this very second in your life. Why are we always acting like a dog chasing our tail something we already got? Oh, I need, I need. You've already got it. Whatever it is, you have it in your life. Because what I'm saying is you don't have to sing another song, dance another dance, or shout another shout to be anointed. You're anointed right now with yoke-destroying, burden-removing power from on high. You already have it. You don't have to wait around for it. You don't have to ask for it. You are. Glory to God. And, and you're going to get all that God has ordained for you from the beginning of time. And that's what the Bible says right now. We don't have to strive for that. See, I'm talking about eagles are just born with some things. Are you born again? Then you're just born with some things that, that the church seems to preach that we have to strive for, but they're already yours. My son Lucas doesn't strive to be a son. It's in his DNA. He was born into some things that he'll never have to try to get because they're already his. But the church seems like a dog chasing its tail. I got to have that. It's already yours. You have some things right here today. So the eagle doesn't strive to fly. The turkey does. You ever seen a turkey? Man, they will flap their wings hard and they can kind of get a cut, but they don't go very far and they don't go very high. They, they can get a little bit of, but not like, a, not like an eagle. An eagle doesn't strive to fly high. And I know what others are saying, but if I got to do it, then the cross of Jesus was a farce. If I got to work so hard to get things done and get caught up in that mentality to get the things that the Bible already says that I ought to have, then, then it is finished didn't really mean it is finished. Now, he didn't say you were finished. It is finished. So I never, I love this because, I mean, everything is this completed exchange. These are things that we already have. I never could be righteous, but I am. I mean, think about it. These are things that people are going to say, oh, you can't. No, I never could be, but I am. Right? I'm just talking about some things that you already have right now. I never could be healed, but I was. I never could be good enough, but in him I am. Glory to God. I never could be forgiven for that, but I was. And not just once or twice either. <laughs> right? We're repeat offenders. <laughs> I couldn't get away from that past, but today I'm a new creature. The old is gone and the new has come. I couldn't be cured, but I'm healed. And so you have to wake up to some present day realities that we already have right here today. There's some things that you already got right now. I love that the Bible says we are complete in him, the fountain in which all authority and power proceeds. Christ has everything God has, and you too have it when you're filled with him. You have everything already. We are joint heirs, it says, co-equal inheritors with Jesus Christ right now. So I say all that today to say, then what are you worried about? I guess that's what I'm saying. What are you worried about? Well, this anxiousness, this, this thing on the inside of me, you know, I can feel it. It's real. There's something going on there. And so I'm going to talk to you this morning about this, that God will bring into your life a divine discomfort. Now, listen to me. I didn't say sickness and disease. That's a lie from the devil. And God doesn't cause bad things to happen to you. That's not what I'm talking about. So don't twist that message because I can't stand that one. That's a lie from the devil. All good things come. All good things come from the Father above. Nothing bad from him. Nothing. He's not making people sick and he doesn't bring evil, bad things because he doesn't. But we can see that God will cause a dissatisfaction in your life to the things that you once found comfort in. He'll bring a divine dissatisfaction into your life that says, I can't stand that anymore. I can't go back to that anymore. I know too much now. That doesn't work for me anymore. Because that was yesterday's glory. Let's talk about it. We know the devil took his best shot at you and he failed. You took a licking and you kept on ticking. Glory to God. You made it. You made it. And guess what? No other weapon either will form against you that, that's going to prosper either. Glory to God. You've already made it through some. Praise God. Every tongue that rises against you will be condemned. They don't get to say whatever they want to say about you anymore. That's condemned. That is condemned. Oh, they can say it, but it's condemned. It's just going to fall to the ground. Because something's about to happen in your lives today. The eagle is a protected bird. Isn't that right? Very protected. You can't mess with an eagle. You can't even be found with a feather. 
Even if it fell out of the sky and you grabbed it, you'd be in trouble. It's just a very, very protected bird. It's a sign of strength, right? We, that's, that's our bird, right? That's a sign of strength. It's a sign of might. I mean, if you've ever seen one, they are a majestic, wicked, crazy, tough-looking bird. I mean, that's a, they're intimidating. If you've ever seen one up close, they're way bigger than you think they are. Those talons, my goodness, that beak, that look on its face, if you've ever seen one. And so we don't worry about the attacks. Believe me, we're going to have some. And we've had some very close to this ministry try to destroy this ministry over the past month. But good luck, rookie. I've been attacked by the best. You know, I mean, come on. Right? I mean, come on. We made it through is what I'm saying. Uh, Mom always says dogs are going to bark. Keep moving. (laughs) They're always going to yap at your heels, but you keep moving, glory to God. The dogs are going to bark. Let them bark. Every word that's spoken against us has been condemned. God's called us to uh, this finest hour, my friends, and guess what? Nobody's going to take that from you. Nobody's going to take what it is that God has ordained for you in this season. Don't allow him to do it. What does the Bible say about this? We could look at Isaiah 40 and verse 31. We heard this, but those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That's a good one. I think that's a good one. But it would seem to me that most of the body of Christ is taken up on this waiting, 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 waiting. We're waiting, we're waiting. And see, there's a waiting like a person waiting on a bus to come, but there's a waiting like a waiter waiting on a table. But I think most of the body of Christ is waiting on their bus. They're just sitting around doing nothing, waiting, waiting. And that's not what the Bible's talking about when it says wait upon the Lord. It's talking about waiting. It's talking about doing. It's talking about serving like waiting on a, on a table. There's a waiting upon the Lord like that. And again, not a sitting and doing nothing. It's an action to wait upon the Lord. But it seems that most of the body of Christ is just waiting on their bus. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Get us out of here. And the reason that is is because we don't know what to do with this dissatisfaction because we don't like the way that things are right now, and we don't like that feeling. And so just come, Lord Jesus, come. I want out. I want to opt out right now. I want out. I want to go go home. I want to get out of here. I don't like this. I don't like this. But don't forget that we... If you were to leave now, how many people do you know would go to hell? I know a bunch. Me personally, I know a bunch. That if I left today, they'd go to hell. People that I'm supposed to reach. People that you're going to reach. People you don't even know that haven't even come into your life yet that you're going to reach. How many people heard that testimony this morning because she didn't check out and she didn't die and cancer didn't kill her and she got to stand up and give that testimony. Now who else got to hear that? But if she had died... She could have said at any time, just come, Lord Jesus, come. And she could have given up the ghost. It would have been easy to do at times. But what did she say all through that? What was the theme? But we kept, but we kept, but we kept, but we kept on. But we kept on. But we kept on. You got to keep on keeping on. Glory to God. Job had something to say interesting that caught my eye. I like this. In Job 39, verses 27 through 30. Doth the eagle mount up at thy command and make her nest on high? She dwells and abides on the rock. So, you know, eagles make their nest where others can't. They make their nest in places where others, others cannot. They make their nest in high places. And so the idea of that is for a baby eagle to always be born on high, to, to be in a high place. When, when it first opens its eyes, it's already in a high place, and it's, and, and it's seated in a high place at the very moment that it is born. It doesn't strive to get to that place. It's born in a high place. Do you get what I'm saying? It's already born above and not beneath. Ephesians 2, 1 through 7, And you were made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Say, that ain't me. Among whom we also once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath, just as others. But God, say, but God. No, that was you at one time. But God, say, but God. Have you ever had a but God in your, mo- in your life? Man, it was going this way, but God. I was dying from cancer, but God. I mean, we, come on, we all have something. I was supposed to be dead, but God. I should be in prison, but God. But who is rich in mercy? Because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, you were made alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us 
in Jesus Christ. We should always have the mentality of being above and not beneath. You've been seated. The moment you were born, you were placed into a position, authoritatively speaking. I understand, See, this is the duality of man. It shouldn't be a mystery that we can be seated there and your body can be here. See, we're talking about an authoritative position when they say, my right hand man, you're seated at the right hand of Jesus Christ. And we should always have the mentality of above and not beneath. And that baby eagle is born into a nest that somebody else built. Has God done some things for you that you didn't have nothing to do with? Now, some of you are thinking, well, I don't know. Well, are you alive today? There were some things that happened behind the scenes that you were never privy to, and that's the reason you're still here. Things you didn't even know that took place. That deer that didn't jump out in front of you that could have. I mean, there's some things that could have happened to you. That cell that tried to form overnight that God just said, nope, flicked it out of your body. That ain't happening. Devil trying to get you in your sleep. Come on, there's some things that you don't even know. And you won't know. But that baby was born into this nest, and, and everything that that eagle needs is in the nest. And so we understand that the mother's story is in the sticks, right? All the different places that she had to go to get those sticks. The different things that the mother had to go through to bring those sticks back. The way that she probably put herself in harm at times to collect the sticks thinking of that baby. Has he done anything for you? Sent his only begotten son. I mean, the things that Father God did for us, the stories were in that stick that we know called the cross. It was a plus sign in our life, not a minus. But the story was in the sticks, you know. And we could see that, that every stick had a story. It came from somewhere. And then also every stick had a distinct purpose. Like she didn't just throw it together. She, she purposely, if you've ever seen it, she purposely has interwoven it exactly where it's supposed to be rearranging, making sure that everything is perfectly in place, not just some random theory that we were born out of some flash in the universe and something. No, 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 God had a very uh, uh, perfect way to put us together. Every cell had a spot, and then every person here has a place. Every person. We were born into it. Your Bible says that God was always pulling for you. He always had a plan for you to be his very own. You know, Calvinists would say that there's some that are already predestined and the rest of you aren't. And yet that's not what our Bible says. God says every man has a chance to come back to the original plan that God wants to be with every man. With every, he wishes that none would perish, but that all would come to the saving knowledge of his son. And so the nest tells the story of the one that built it for us, and it's, and it's made of all the different places that that eagle has gone and it's built for the protection of the newborn eagle. And it's built in such a way, if you've ever seen it, it looks really sloppy because all the sticks point out. Like, it looks really jagged and messy. Not like a, not like a, a robin's nest. You ever seen those? Those are kind of, you know, they, they, they do it in that circle, and it just looks nice and tight, and it's kind of a neat little bowl. If you've ever seen one fall, it stays together sometimes. If it falls out of it, you can see that, how it just looks smooth and nice. And an eagle's nest is not that way. Sticks are sticking out. I mean, it looks like a mess if you look at the outside of it. Uh, and, and it's amazing, though, because none of the sticks point inward. They all point outward. And it provides comfort, it provides safety, and a place of development in the nest. It's a blessing, and, and, and we can come from this place, a place of, of learning, right? A, a place of being nurtured, a very safe place where you don't have to worry about the outside elements. You've been protected. Uh, and, and so that's what's taking place with many people, because eventually that nest that was such a blessing is going to turn into a curse. It's going to lose its comfort. When you stay too long in the nest, it becomes a problem. There always comes a time that you're going to have to leave the nest. Daniel 2 says that God changes the times and the seasons. And so the times and the seasons, and seasons were here, they're placed here for us to know what to do and when to do it. You can do a right thing in a wrong season, and it won't work out for you. You can do a wrong thing in a right season, and it won't work out for you. And I'm just talking about, just thinking about planting crops, you know. You can plant the wrong kind of crops in the right season. The, the weather seems fine. Everything's perfect. But if you do the wrong thing at the right time or the right thing at the wrong time, it doesn't work out either way. Times and seasons. But God changes the times and the seasons, and I'm telling you, we're in the season of stirring right now. We're in the season of stirring, and I want to submit to you today that the anxiousness and the things that you're feeling are not a bad thing. We're always focusing on this bad thing that's coming, and that's a lie of the devil because he wants you to miss what's really happening. God is stirring you right now. Yeah. 
He is stirring the body of Christ. And it can seem chaotic and it can seem like things are out of my control when, when that's exactly it. It is out of your control. And we don't like that because I found a way to live in the nest and things were starting to work for me. And I and me, the false trinity, me and myself and I, we had this under control. <laughs> and God's like, you, you can't be in control. I found you there and it didn't work then and it won't work now. And so we must, if we look, for, if we look to move forward with this season, a stirring because it, it causes what was settled to begin to manifest, right? We see that with a paint can. You open up a paint can and you're like, well, that's not the color that I remember. But as soon as you stir that up and shake it up, it brings up everything that was always there. It was always there. We've let some things settle because we got in a season where we were comfortable and everything was okay and we thought we had the right president and we thought things were working and we thought everything, right? I mean, I'm just telling you, this is what people did. We heard it. We heard it all the time. I mean, they started worshiping at the feet of Donald Trump. Oh my God, he's the savior. Jesus is coming before anybody else gets in. Well, here we are. Now what you gonna do? Well, you can't just lay down and die. We're still here. Whether you want to be here or not, God chose you to be alive in this season, but there is a stirring that has taken place. It's because we got too settled and you lost your color. We got to stir that back up on the inside of you. We got to stir the gifts again on the inside of the body of Christ. We got too comfortable. Where are the gifts of the Spirit operating in the church today? The church got too settled. And he's like, it's time to go, baby eaglets. <laughs> time to go. You can't sit here and settle any longer. And so it can seem like nothing is going on until you stir that thing, and what was always there begins to manifest. Every one of you has the ability on the inside of you to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, and every one of you has an individual gift and calling in the body as well. And just because we haven't ever seen it doesn't mean it's not there. You need stirred up. And that's what God's looking to do right now. He's stirring some things up, and the things that refuse disappear. If you don't stir it up, a lot of people throw that paint away. It didn't need to be, but a lot of people do. And that's what's happening with a whole bunch of people. So I see people that venture out from the nest for a little while, and some of them go back. Oh, I didn't like it out there. I didn't like that out there. That was, that was why? Because I have to rely on God. All of a sudden, these are things that I can't formulate in my mind. I'm not in control. Have any of you ever stepped out to do a thing and felt like you failed? I mean, you know, just I, I really thought that God was in it. He was the whole time. He didn't fail. He didn't fail. So we want to go back to the nest because it's familiar, right? The nest was easy. And so God said, I will lead you as the eagle stirs her nest. The stirring of the nest is different than building the nest. The stirring is a little bit different. The building is for protection for the egg, but when the eagle stirs the nest, it only happens when the little eaglets have grown too big to live into something that's so small. Some of you are getting way too big to live in such a small calling. That's why you're uncomfortable. I know God has more. I know God wants me to do this. I know God has a plan, and yet you're still living in this small mentality. When God told me to open up this building in this town of Laurie, 900 people, I was like, Lord, I can't get away from this town. I can't, I can't get away from this town. It just seemed like that God was stirring something on the inside of me, but I was living in a small town mentality. Well, I don't want to just preach to all the people that have been to the other churches all the time around this place and me just be another stop on their church tour. Because they'll leave me soon enough too and they'll go to the next new thing that's down the road. And I had a small mentality that I had to get out of that you can literally reach the world from a town of 900 people. And our television program reaches over 100 million people every week from a town of 900 you got to get out of a small-minded mentality. But I didn't know how that would work out of a little coffee shop when we started with one Best Buy camera. Black Friday sale. And no lights. And a little cheap microphone. How's that ever going to work, God? Well, he had to begin stirring me. You've got to get out of that small-mindedness. you got to get out of that small thing. You're too big to live in that. Too big to live in that. we got to begin to dream bigger. The things that we were born to do. So I want this to be a day of stirring for you. Some of you are too big to live in something so small. It's getting uncomfortable, isn't it? Too big to live in, in such a small moment of time that's held you captive in your little nest. Your little trauma from your past. You're outgrowing that, aren't you? 
Oh, it used to work to fall back into that, and, and, and now nobody else cares either. Have you noticed? Everybody else is like, You're, I'm sick of seeing adults playing in the kiddie pool. It's, it's disturbing, you know? <laughs> nobody wants to get out in the big wave pool. You're going to get your tail knocked over once in a while, you know? But that's exactly what we're seeing. People trying to live in that old drama and trauma and things. It was so nice, and they built this loving thing, and I could function in there, right? I built my world in there. I could function there. I could control that area. I could stay there and find a way. Oh, I didn't like it, but I could handle it because I could, I could control it. And, and so what's the deal? It was awesome, but now, and it's a stirring time. Paul was on a ship. Do you know God could bring a divine shipwreck to your life? The apostle Paul was on a ship, and God said, guess what? The ship's going to go. God brought that storm. He said, no, 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 there won't be any loss of life, but all this junk that you've been holding on to, and what'd they do? They started throwing stuff overboard thinking they could deal with him. Well, what if we get rid of this? What if we get rid of that? He said, no, the whole thing's going. You can, well, I'll quit doing this, and I'll quit doing it. He said, no, 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 the whole thing is going. And you're going to spend a day and a night treading water, but you're going to make it. Oh, it isn't going to be fun, but what happened? He got washed up on a, on a beach where he got bit by a snake. Well, that isn't fun. I'm just trying to do what God said to do, and I got bit by a snake. Well, he shook that thing off, and what happened? There was a revival on that island when he got the lead. And the whole island got born again because God will cause a divine shipwreck in your life to get rid of the little nest that you thought was so safe. Why? Because you got to change course. Time to fly, Paul. You're going to tread some water, but you're going to get where I told you you're going to go. And he told him in the end, hey, you're still going to stand before Caesar. This is no problem. But along the way, I told you you need to go over here. And if the ship ain't going to let you go over there, then the ship's got to go. Oh, we don't like it. He said, we're going to spend a day and a night in the ocean. It isn't going to be fun. We're going to be treading water. It's going to be scary. It's going to be, but you know what? We're going to make it. We're going to make it. And you've got to remember that you're going to make it in this season, that God didn't bring you this far to let you drown. You're going to make it. And he had to send him over there in a revival on an island that never would have heard the word of God. Imagine when God messes up your little nest and boots you out of there and destroys your ship, you better have your eyes open, then where are we going? Where are you leading me to? Because there's a revival right there. There is a revival in your life right there. Or you might get bit by a snake, but what you gonna do? The devil will try to get you one more time, right? He'll try to throw something in there just one more time to make you think, man, we should have never been on this island. And Paul just had to say, because mm. don't forget, I just survived a day and a night in the ocean. This snake's gonna take me out? Ain't gonna happen. Come on, guys. These things are gonna, weapons will be formed. It's not comfortable getting booted out of the nest. It's very uncomfortable to our flesh, but you're going to make it. And guess what? You need to have another crucifixion. I've been crucified with Christ. You gotta crucify the flesh. Paul said, I gotta do it every day. I gotta kill this man every day. Every day he's gotta go down. Gotta put him under. Less of me, more of him. But see that, that, that nest, it's getting cramped. You felt it for some time, but we were so afraid, we keep going back to the nest. We think that's where the safety still is, back in the nest. And we've been blaming the devil. It's not the devil. It's not the devil. But we like the nest because I don't have to deal and evolve and get my own food. I'll stay in the nest. It's not comfortable, but it's familiar. No, I'm not comfortable here, but it's familiar. It's a safe place, I feel like. And so that same eagle that spent all the time making the nest comfortable and nice, I hope you catch what I'm saying, made it very comfortable and nice and, and safe, comes along with the, with the same beak, the same loving beak that would feed you, that built that nest, that, that would protect you. That eagle will come with that same beak and begin to turn that nest inside out where all the sticks start pointing in, and now it's not comfortable anymore. It's not comfortable, and that's what is happening to you. It's not the devil. It's God poking you. It's the Holy Spirit prodding you, saying, let's go. You're too big to stay here. You've got to fly. You can't sit. Your wings are hanging out the nest. I mean, come on. It's time. When the eagle stirs the nest, this is a season of stirring, and all of a sudden what used to be to keep the enemy out is now to push you out. It's to push you out because guess what? You've become your own worst enemy. It's not the devil. It's just you. It's fear that we have allowed into our lives because I, I just don't know. I don't like change, Lord. Well, change is absolutely necessary if we're going to live in this season. We have to change. We have to. We have to. 
There was a time that you needed to be in the nest. You couldn't face the enemy. You couldn't handle your own problems. That time has passed. You have now been equipped with everything you need to see a victory in your life. You have everything that you need right now to go out here and defeat the devil. And you can go face the giants. You gotta get out of the nest. You have to face it today. And I love this because the army of Israel, they didn't need to fight exactly, but they still had to show up. See, you already have the victory, but you gotta show up. You have to show up. We're not even showing up. How can God show his glory if you're not there? You are the glory of his portion. Come on. How can he show it forth if you're not there? You've got to show up. And so what fed you and nourished you at one stage of your life is now too small for what it is that he's wanting to do in your life today. Come on, how many of you used to hear sermons and they were just kind of the basic thing? And man, I mean, you were just like, oh my gosh, but you expect more. I expect more now. Come on, Lord, I need, I need something, to, right? That's just a season in your life, glory to God. That was just something that you needed at that time to feed you and to get to where you are now. But that's why a bunch of you couldn't go back to a denominational church because I heard about the Holy Ghost. I heard about the Holy Ghost. They still want to stay there with no Holy Ghost in the nest, but I heard about the Holy Ghost and I had to go. I had to fly. That's, I'm not speaking against them. I'm speaking for you. There were seasons in your life, but you would never go back now because I've outgrown that. That wouldn't feed me anymore there. I've got to come here now and hear from the Holy Spirit of God. That was one stage of your life, but it's too small for what you're doing now. And there comes a time that the same God that built the nest to hatch you will stir the nest to launch you. If not now, when, my friend? And if not you, who? And if not here, then where? It is you, it is here, and it is now, and you're it. Yeah, you, you're it. It's you. You don't look over your shoulder, it's you. Me, yeah, you, the one that just said that, me, yeah, you. That's who I'm talking to. The eaglet is now facing eviction here. From all the comfortable excuses that we used to make, the eagle stirs the nest and the eaglet has to move. And again, if the eaglet would just fly on its own, that would be fine. There would be no need to do this, but we got some that are stubborn and they won't change and they refuse to grow and we don't want to go and explore because they built a system of, sur of survival that's, that's built around the nest for others providing for you. Well, you just spoon feed me. You just spoon feed me. You just spoon feed me. So like three or four, four phone calls that I had this week, people sitting here telling me the whole thing that God said to them and then they said, what do you think? And I said, mm-mm, what do you think? Mm-mm, <laughs> get out. What do you think? Don't, I'm not spoon-feeding you that one. You just sat here and told me everything that God said, and you're gonna ask me what I think? It doesn't matter what I think at this point. It's what are you gonna do with it? You already have the answer. Don't be afraid to fly. Don't be afraid to step out. And don't be afraid of failure because God has built in a system now where your failure is not fatal. You will fail, but it's not fatal. It's okay. It's okay. You're gonna be okay. Lois had some bad days. We have bad days. In the middle of the worst fight of her life, she had some bad days, but it wasn't fatal. God didn't throw up his hands and say, oh, there you go. We still have to deal with these fleshy emotions. It's not the end because the spirit man on the inside of her was saying, we're fighting. The real you on the inside said, flap your wings. Keep going. We're getting out of here. Now you think a cold's gonna start bothering Lois now? You think that, I mean, this little eagle has flown. I mean, she just made it through a cancer. You think that a cold or some virus or something's gonna freak her out now? She just lived through what kills a lot of people. She's moved from one level of faith to another level of faith. She's not gonna go back now. And her testimony has gone forward for others to stand there and say, you mean I can get out of this nest? You mean I can fly out of this thing too? I would be able to flap my wings and do this as well? Yep, keep flapping. That's all they were doing. Keep flapping, keep flapping. There was a time in their life they wouldn't have because they didn't know. But they've grown up now and that little nest is too small for you. You have to believe now. And they got booted out and they had to believe every day. Had to keep flapping every day. Had to keep moving every day. And they went from one level of faith to another level of faith. And they won't go back. Have you been there? Is your faith the same as day one when you had it? No. No way. So I always like to say this. Uh, you know, we're not as bad as we used to be, but we're not as good as we're going to be.
because <laughs> we're going to keep moving forward, glory to God. But he's stirring you to get out in this season because it seems he doesn't want a generation to get stuck. He does it in every, in every season of people that are born again. There has to be a stirring of the nest. Some will get stuck, but some don't. And that's the group that I'm talking to today is that there's a stirring because he knows there is a group that will fly. There is a group that will take off. There is a group that will embrace the gifts of the Spirit of God through them, through them, God working through them. But what happens when you sit in that nest too long, what happens? You don't get fed anymore, and it's everybody else's fault because I need, I need. How many people are so dissatisfied in churches that they go to every Sunday? Every Sunday, they leave with the same problems that they walked in with. Every Sunday for years and years and years and years, and they gripe and complain. They'll be there, though. They'll be there Sunday, though. Don't you sit in my seat. I'll be there every Sunday, but the, the air's too cold, and the music's too loud, and the seats are too hard, and, and oh, my gosh. And they're just sitting there because they refuse to fly. They just keep coming back. Look at him. He's like, stop talking to me about my seat. <laughs> I wasn't preaching to you unless I was, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> now, I don't know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right, right. Stop blaming the enemy, right? It's, it's just the eagle stirring the nest, right? It's Father God stirring the nest. Because once out of the nest, it says what? We go on and read here. Once out of the nest, she gathers and dwells on the rock, it says. While in the nest, we rely on others. But once you're out of the nest, it says we gather upon the rock. We gather upon the rock. It says upon the crag of the rock in the strong place. And that's needed for the nest. It has been gathered up in high places, it says. Because again, once out of the nest, once you exit the nest, you step out on the rock. Did you catch that? Do we know who the rock is? And it says that once you get out of the nest, you can finally stand on the rock yourself. You can start hearing from God yourself. You can start standing with Jesus on, while in the nest, somebody else is spoon feeding you Jesus. You're living through somebody else's revelation of Jesus Christ. But you can finally step out and get your own. It says you will be standing upon the crag of the rock now. You'll be standing. And then what does it say? The moment that you get to do that, it says from thence, she seeks out her prey. I'm coming for you, devil. Once we're standing upon the rock, it isn't about anybody else fighting my battle now. I know Jesus myself, and I'm standing on the rock now, and I can stand here with Jesus, and it said it seeks out the prey. Starts looking now. Oh, I'm going to get myself in some trouble now. That's what I want. I want to get in some trouble. I want to get in some trouble. No, I used to get in some trouble, but I want to get in this trouble. I want to trouble the devil. I'm tired of him thinking that he can walk through this town and do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, to whomever he wishes. Not on my watch, you won't. We're built right here on Highway 5. You pass right by here, I got every right to stop you. Devil, you ain't coming through here now. Mm -mm, I'm looking to get into some trouble. That prey, what does the eagle do when it gathers on the rock? Does it sit around and bless and re-bless the other eagles? Stay, stay in the nest. That's my nest. Don't sit in my nest, right? Or maybe we talk about all of our ideas to build other bigger nests. And, well, how many eaglets do you have in your nest? Well, I've got more eaglets than you have in that nest. Welcome to church at the MHC. Is that? Well, how many did you have this Sunday? I don't care. Did you have one? Well, then we're two or more gathered together in his name. Glory to God. He was there. Hallelujah. It just takes me and somebody. Hallelujah. Whose nest is bigger and how many eggs you got? So I've seen plenty of gathering of eagles, but they're not gathering on the rock. They gather in the name of a particular organization or the name of an event. And it's time for you to be gathered upon the rock. We got to stand back upon the rock again. Glory to God. And again, we're talking about Jesus. Job said it was on the crag. It was on the bluff or the peak, it said. High and lifted up, right? And so there's a time for the body of Christ to begin to stand upon him high and lifted up. Because, devil, we're coming for you now. We, we got to quit sitting back waiting for him to come to us. We've got to. Jesus didn't sit around. He was always walking. Do you ever notice that? The Apostle Paul, they were always moving. They never sat back. Listen, there's plenty of devils out there. You get moving, you'll start stirring them up. We got to stir them up. The eagles gather once again upon the high foundation, seeking the prey far above all principality and might and dominion. And Job said it was from that high place that it seeks its prey, and again, you're never going to destroy the prey by standing where you started. You're never going to be able to, to destroy the prey. And so a lot of people are getting devoured because they just sat there and they just sat there and they just sat there and eventually something's going to come to the nest. And if you're just going to lay there, it's going to get you. 
It says, fight the good fight of faith. It is a fight. And you have to fight it. Nobody can fight your fight of faith. So once the nest is stirred, the protection that was there isn't there anymore. The sticks have been disturbed. And if you stay in the nest too long after you get exposed, because again, the, the biggest defense that an eagle has is flying. Is flying. To get up into places where other birds can't even get. And then what do they do? It says that that eagle will get positioned into a place where the sun shines on its back and when that prey looks up, it can't see the eagle coming because of the sun shining. You get what I'm talking about? That, that They won't even see the eagle coming because of the brightness of the sun that is shining upon that eagle's back. They'll get in a position. It's scientifically proven. They get in a position where it blinds their enemy because of the brightness of the sun. We're in the shadow of the Almighty. Glory to God, I'm telling you, it's bright. It's bright. So it's a time to be stirred up, and I don't want to be on the ground with the turkeys anymore, right? Come on, I'm stirred up. I'm stirred up for this thing, seeking out that prey. You know, I mean, I appreciate everybody that built it, but it's time to go, you know? And so don't let somebody keep you in the nest just because they helped you build it, just because they said, hey, I did this thing for you, and just don't stay in the nest. And I'm not talking about leaving churches. Let's go deeper than that, can we? It's not about leaving a place or a church. I'm just saying there's some folk that don't want to do a single thing. Don't be one of them. No, 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 we need to just stay right here. and do, No, 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 you're not doing anything. You're talking a good talk. You're squawking your beak off, but you ain't doing nothing. I want to get moving. Don't let somebody keep you in the nest just because they help you build it, just because they refuse to leave. I believe that there's more than meets the eye sitting out here right now that we haven't even seen anything yet. You've not seen anything yet. The, the best experience you've ever had with God, you ain't seen nothing yet. You've not seen nothing, Lois. You're alive for a reason, not to, not to be a cancer survivor. You're alive for a reason, and they ain't seen nothing yet. Richard, they ain't seen nothing yet. Glory to God. A season of discomfort. Now, limitations are going to be challenged. I can't do that. He's like, Right! How many of you used to not be able to do something that you can do now? That's everything in your life. I can't do that until I could because there came a time and a season that you had to grow up. But the muscles were there for it, right? Everything was there for you to do it, but you had to take that first step as nervous as it was, as terrible as, I can't do that. Yes, you can because the season is upon you now that you're able to. No, it wasn't always that way. You did need to grow. You did need to be in that nest, but that time is over now. Well, I don't think I can fly. Let's find out. Let's find out. You're not gonna know until we kick you out there. Right? How many of you used to watch the Roadrunner and Coyote? It always drove me nuts that he knew that he could run out there on the air until he figured out that he couldn't. I'm like, you were just doing what you couldn't do until you found out that you couldn't do it, and then you quit doing it. I was like, keep running, man. I was rooting always for the underdog, I guess. But right, that's Christianity. We get out there and do some things until somebody says you can't. But you were. You were. You were doing it. Let's go back and try it again. It's going to be a challenging time to step out and fly, a demand for more. So stop hanging out with people that make you comfortable. If you're always comfortable, then you don't have any need of the one called the comforter. I want to get out here where I'm like, my God, it better be God, because I, I, it isn't going to be me. And guess what happens? The helper's going to be right there. You won't fail. You will not fail. No, that was a different season. You're not the same person that tried it last time. You tried to launch out and do this before, but that's not you. This is a different season, and this you will not fail. Got meetings coming up, got ministry that she's doing. See him went through hell in her life because the devil's gonna try to knock your knees out, but here she is right here. No, she may have felt like she started a thing and it didn't happen then, but see what really happened was she's not the same person that she was then. This is a different person now. You won't fail. This is it. Once the eagle is upon the crag, she seeks the prey. And again, I'm done being hunted. I'm the hunter. And we got to go on a seek and destroy mission, glory to God. Start destroying the works of the devil. Isn't that what it says that Jesus did? He destroyed the works of the devil. The enemy has ran unchallenged for far too long, and I think it's a time of thinning out his herd. 
I think so. If you stay in the nest too long, you get sick, you stay weak. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. We got to do the same. We got to pick up that mandate from Jesus because that's what he came to do. It says he came to destroy whatever that means to you. Whatever that means, casting out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead. I mean, these are the things that he talked about. And these are the things that we see him doing. Some of you sitting here today, you've been blaming your discomfort on the devil or a hex or a curse. It's just the stirring of your nest. Your nest is being stirred. It's not the devil. Stop wasting your time rebuking the devil that's already been rebuked. He's, he's done. In your life, it's over. If he could have taken you out, you're, you're a goner, but you're not. So your healing's too big for the nest. It was a blessing when you were small, but now all these wings are hanging out the side. It was a blessing when you were small, but you've been hurting because you haven't spread your wings. And so what begins as protection now becomes your prison. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. It's because you're still here. I'm not happy here anymore. Right. You shouldn't be. You should never be satisfied. Ever. We're seeing some that are still suffering with life issues that they were suffering with last year because they refused to fly and destroy that thing. So we got to find a way out. I don't want to gather back in the nest. Tell somebody right now, say, I will not die in the nest. Man, there are moves of God that have died in the nest. There are revivals that have died in the nest. There were healings that have died in the nest because people refused to get out of the nest. I will not die. I'm going to press. Say, I'm pressing. So when the eagle builds the nest on the crag, Job said, the edge of the cliff, he builds it so that when other eagles get kicked out, they don't have room to build another nest. You don't get to leave here and just go build you another one. Well, fine, I'll just go over here and I'll build my own little thing. No, you don't get to do that. He builds it right there so there's no more room. Only one nest. Only one can fit there. You can't make a nest at a halfway place because somebody's on the edge of a breakthrough. Did you hear me? They're on the edge of a breakthrough. So God is placing you over the next few months here. He's going to kick you out of the nest, and, and you're going to be put into a position where you have to spread your wings. Nobody can fly for you. But you have everything that is in you right now to be able to do what it is that God has called you to do. And he's going to kick you out of the nest into a position to spread your wings. And somebody's going to go right into a healing. You're going to spread your wings and fly right into that calling. But again, do not leave here holding on to the nest. And so when you start to fly, it talks about this. You'll see that that, that eagle will begin to, to rise and to fall and to rise and to fall. They'll have, good, they'll have a good go, and then they're going to get tired, and they're going to start to fall. And that eagle, but what happens is that mother eagle comes up underneath that baby and starts to hold it up. Just like the Spirit of God coming up under you when you begin to get weak and you begin to get tired and I'm trying to do a thing and I'm trying to fly. That's why we have the helper, the Holy Spirit of God who comes up when you're doing, he will come and he will help you and you will not be able to fail. Just like that, that, that mother eagle that comes under there. It was in Micah that says, though I fall, I shall rise again. You know, don't rejoice over me, my enemy. You thought I was done? No, when I fall, I will rise again. No, I can't say that I'm always going to do it right. I can't say that it's always going to be smooth sailing, but when I fall, you better believe I'll be back. I'll be back. I'm not going anywhere. I'm called for this time upon the earth. Glory to God. I know you tried before and maybe didn't have it all together. That's okay. Flap your wings again. Peter didn't successfully walk on water the first time, but he walked back. Why? Because Jesus came along and said, come on. He didn't drag him through the water. <laughs> You know, that footprints in the sand story is real cute, right? No, mine's the one that's got the drag marks where he's like, come on, <laughs> we're going. Yeah, mine's not Hallmark. <laughs> yeah. God's not gonna let you hit bottom. You gotta try again. You gotta fly again. So don't die in the nest. Peter denied Christ in front of everybody. It's recorded for all of eternity for everybody to read how that dude denied Christ. In front of everybody, he blew it. He hit the absolute most bottom, but the Spirit of God some 50 days later, just 50 days later, rose that man up and thrusted him out onto the balcony to be the first one to introduce the Holy Spirit of God to the entire world and lead 3,000 men to Jesus Christ that day, the denier. Because he'll come up under you. He'll lift you up, even when you begin to dip, even when you begin to fall. Some of the greatest evangelistic crusades died in the nest. It was Moses that said, God, show me your glory. You remember he said that. Show me your glory, God. I want to see your glory. Well, no man can see my face and live, he said. But God didn't say you wouldn't see my glory, did he? 
And so we're talking about this being on the rock. Moses wasn't allowed to see the glory until what? Until he was on the rock. Isn't that right? You know the story. He was on the rock. You won't see the glory in the nest. But once Moses was on the rock, but then what did God say? He said, well, you can be on the rock, but if you really want to see the glory, you're going to have to get in the rock. And he made a way. He opened up a way in that. Did Jesus make a way for all of mankind? Yeah. Right? He, he, come on. We were engrafted into Christ. He was wounded with mankind's wound so that we could get into him and be one and begin to see the glory. And he said, listen, you can be on the rock, but there comes a time you got to get in the rock. You can stand upon the rock and be born again, but if you want to see the glory, you got to get out of the nest and get in the rock. we got to get in. we got to get in position. He's going to make a place for you in the rock. Place that man in the rock, out of the nest. He saw the glory of God pass before him. I want to see the glory of God this year. I want to get into my flow. Those eagles will catch it. Those eagles, because once you get in the flow, you're not flapping anymore. Those eagles can soar at heights where commercial jetliners fly because they get into those, those, those currents in the wind, and once they catch that, those things will take them up. Those thermal drafts take them up, and they don't have to flap anymore. They're just in the flow. I want to get back into the flow of God again, where I don't have to work and strive and do anything in the natural. Man, we just hit that groove where we're soaring high where we're doing everything that it is that God said that we can do, that we're relying on him to lift us up. Some of us don't even know how to conduct ourselves outside of a, of a broken heart, outside of a nest of sickness and disease, outside of a nest of our past and drama, but today you gotta get out. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning? We gotta get out, we gotta fly this morning. So whatever is your little nest this morning that's been uncomfortable, whatever that is today, you've gotta make the decision that you're gonna get out. Nobody can throw you out. You wanna stay in there, you're gonna die. So whatever it is, I want you to raise your hands right now. Whatever it is, could be sickness and disease, could be depression and oppression. I'm worried about my kids. I'm worried about my family. I'm worried about this and that and the other. Whatever little nest that you've been sitting in for so long. Oh, I wasn't comfortable there, but it was familiar. It's time to get out. It's time to get out. I want, to, I want you to literally see the nest with all your issues laying in there. And I want you to envision yourself literally stepping out of that thing onto the edge of a rock. Just walking away from it right now. I'm done with that. All those things that poke me and prod me and hurt me. I don't want to be there anymore. Some of you are so insecure. You're so insecure about yourselves. And yet Christ lives within you. Well, I can't, I can't. No, you can't, but he can. The faith that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. He wasn't saying I live by some man-made faith because I'm the Apostle Paul. He said, no, I got to live by the faith of the Son of God. I can't live by my own faith. My faith in me, and I'll fail every time. Come on, what do you see this morning? You've got to fly. We're gonna finish out this year only if the people of God will step out and do what it is that they're called to do. We have to get out of what we would call the comfort zone, right? Get out of that nest. You gotta start being challenged to do things that you would never do. You gotta flap your little wings to go to places where you've never been, to see people that you've never seen to do the impossible things because you couldn't fly before, but that was a different season and that was a different you. You're now well-equipped to be able to leave that nest and to make it. You're well-equipped, but if you want to get into the flow, you're going to have to get out there. You won't find it just standing there. You're going to have to get out and jump. He had to shift his weight from the boat to the water. I'm sure that was very unsettling, but he had to get out there where nothing was being done, where nobody else had ever been before. But if you want something different, you're gonna to have to do something different because he's not coming back to the nest. He's already tried to kick you out. So now I know every one of you have something that God has told you to do that you have not done. I challenge you this week to do it. Some of you, it was just as simple as talking to somebody about something. For some of you, it was stepping out to dare to just say, fine, I'll start that ministry then. Fine, I mean, fine, okay, I'll, I'll do it. I, I don't know. I'll start the paperwork, whatever, whatever it is, that's gonna challenge you this week, you have to do it. Well, but the physical limitations, really? Well, then I dare you to do it. I dare you to do it. Well, I can't do that because, because of you. All the excuses are gone. The sticks are poking you now. You gotta do it. I know, if you, you, you ought to know by now you come to the Midwest Healing Center, I'll do nothing for you. Well, I can't. There's just some things you gotta do. I'll be right there with you, but I can't do it for you. I'll be, I, I'll, I'll be praying for you, you know? And I do, by the way, I do. And we can talk about it, but you know what I'm gonna say. But are we doing it? 
Come on, you all have something, right? You all have something. So, Father, we just thank you that you have equipped us in this season, in this hour, to walk into everything that you said. When, uh, Father God, that we could walk in the fullness of the stature of Christ Jesus, where he failed at nothing, but he was always pleasing to the Father, and he troubled the enemy at every turn. And so, Father, I thank you for the equipping of these saints this morning that they already have built in them, born on a high place, with everything in them to launch out of their little nest and to go seek that prey and to destroy the works of the devil. Father, I thank you that we will no longer be limited by our own finite little, uh, our little minds, Father God, that say that we can't. But Father, that our thoughts are gonna be higher thoughts. Father God, that we're gonna start talking about what is possible and quit talking about what's impossible. Father, that we're done talking about the problems, but that we are the answer. So I thank you for that anointing right now, a boldness to come upon, uh, upon these people right here in Jesus' name, a boldness, a boldness. And the eyes to recognize that it's not the devil, it's just time to move, time to grow. I thank you for that peace that passes all understanding that when it seems like I, I don't know if I can do this, that guards their heart and it guards their minds. You can do it and you will do it, says the Lord. That simple, you can and you will. Those that say they can't, they won't. Those that say they can, they will. Surely we can take the land. Surely we can, so we should. So Father, I thank you that they're able to possess their promised land because they can and they will in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining me for Church at the MHC Sermon of the Week. I'm your host, Pastor Don Allen. Have you felt uncomfortable? It's not always a bad thing. It could just be a divine discomfort. So God is stirring the nest. It's time to fly, my friends. Because in your discomfort, you know you're going to find the full ministry of the one called the Comforter. Be sure to join us for church at the MHC every Sunday, 10 a.m. in person at the Midwest Healing Center, 728 North Main Street, Laurie, Missouri, at the beautiful Lake of the Ozarks, or online live streaming video on the Two Guys in the Bible Facebook page, or go over to YouTube Live. We're on YouTube Live now, Don and Matt at Two Guys in the Bible. Want to sow into the ministry? TwoGuysInTheBible.com. Hit donate. Church at the MHC, where we love the hell out of your life.